0: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 373 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, August 31st. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And of course, as always, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. A ton of great stuff on the network right now. Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd is really ramping up right now ahead of the season. I'm going to be on that show on Tuesday to, or Monday night actually, to tee up the Raptors season from a fantasy perspective with Josh. It's always a pretty good time being on with him. Uh, We did the same thing last year, sort of a longer preview than our typical, you know, 10-minute chats we have when he hosts Locked On NBA. So make sure you check that show out if you're a fantasy basketball player and you're getting ready for the season. Uh, also, the NFL season's coming up. Make sure you're checking out all the Locked On NFL shows. I believe we have shows for 30 of the 32 teams right now, and so if you're a fan of a, a team that is not the Colts or Vikings, I believe, are the two shows we don't have hosts for just yet. Uh, make sure you're checking out the corresponding show. If you're a Tennessee Titans fan like me, make sure you're checking out Locked On Titans, for example. Matt Williamson does a great job with Locked On NFL, has some great guests lined up for the whole season, including Mike Sando of ESPN, who's on every Thursday, so make sure you're checking out Matt's show there, too. And uh if you're a college football fan, college basketball fan, whatever you're a fan of when it comes to college, you can check out all the Locked On college shows as well. There's uh, Most of the big schools I think have launched by now, Kentucky, uh, Baylor, uh, a whole bunch of schools. I- I'm not a much of a college basketball or college football guy, so I don't really know the schools that you should be really paying attention to. But uh, if there is a school that you need to be – if you're a fan of or, or, you're, or they have a big story going on, make sure you're checking out the Locked On show for that school and uh yeah tons of great stuff on the network if you find a show that you like make sure you subscribe rate and review it's the best way to support the show as always and uh if you find locked on raptors that's the nicest way to help me out it's you know boosts our rankings it helps us with the algorithms and all that stuff and it's very nice for the ego as well to see some ratings and reviews in there we have a lot of great ratings and reviews thanks to everyone who's left feedback and uh please continue to do so it's very very helpful uh all right i'm gonna get to today's show pretty quickly then it's myself and chris manning part two of our podcast that we started on thursday where we are ranking the eastern Conference teams by how interesting they are going from 15 to 1, and we're into the back half of it now. It's not exactly a clean break from the last podcast. Uh, I'm an idiot and forgot to write down my picks at one point, so we had to kind of recount what I had. But it's pretty much halfway through. We're at about number eight right now in the Eastern Conference, and moving on up to number one, the Toronto Raptors are involved in this half of the podcast, make sure you're listening to that. It's all the way at the end, because they're a very interesting team, as it turns out. Uh, So enjoy the podcast with myself and Chris Manning. We'll be back again next week. not sure exactly what we'll be doing. I'll probably put the, or some sort of thing with the podcast with Josh Lloyd up, maybe a snippet of it at the end of the podcast, maybe just sort of tease you to go listen to the full thing on Josh's podcast, and then. Probably going to start into some preseason stuff as well pretty soon. Maybe not a full week of shows next week, but at the very earliest or the very latest, it'll be the week after that where we start going daily to preview the season. Media Day is only a few weeks away now, which is kind of wild, and it's uh, it's very exciting. So stay tuned for all of that in the very near future as we get ramped up back to daily shows before the season starts. Okay, enjoy the conversation now with myself and Chris Manning, and have a great long weekend, everybody. Cheers.
2: So my number... I think so. I would have the Bulls. I think would be my number eight. Okay, who's seven nine then? Let's let's read. Let's recap for okay. the listeners. Yeah. So my number to make sure and to make sure we're not missing anything. So I went Orlando at fifteen. I went Atlanta at fourteen. I think the Nets at thirteen. The Hornets at twelve. The Pistons at eleven. The Heat at ten. So the Bulls at 9, and then, so, okay, this is my number 8. You are correct. Okay. So, no, Knicks at 9, Knicks at 9, and then the Heat at number 8. So I'm on my number 7.
1: Okay, I think I forgot to rank the Magic, which is why I was missing a team. That's possible. Yeah. But, like,
2: the Magic are very forgettable, (laughs) which is very fair.
1: Yeah, so let me revise my rankings just with the Magic thrown in here. So I got Hawks 15. That's not moving. I got Nets 14. I've got – I'll go Magic 13. Hornets 12, Heat 11, uh, Knicks, uh, Pistons 10, no, uh, Knicks 10, Pistons 9, no, reverse that, we'll go, oh god, I lost track again, Heat 11, Pistons 10, Knicks 9, hmm, Knicks 10, Pistons 9, and then Bulls 8. Sorry, I'm an idiot. And then Pacers 7. So I've done, yeah, I've done, I'm all the way up to 7. I got six teams left. All
2: right, so. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> so I will do uh, my number 7, and. So I have to do number 7. I'll do my number 7 here. So my yeah. number 7, um. I'm gonna go with a team that none of we haven't we haven't hit on yet because I have the Pacers a tad bit higher. I'm gonna go with the Wizards. Okay. Um, I like think the Wizards could be really entertaining if John Wall's healthy. Like that drives my interest up a lot. Yeah. The Dwight Howard thing is like whatever. Dwight doesn't interest me at this point, aside from a comedy factor. Um. I just feel like we know what the Wizards are, and like they're and like Jeff Green's there, and like I just feel like that the, they are going to be like Cavs light of last year, mm-hmm. where like they're clearly very decent and like do some things well, but like you just sort of know what the ceiling is, and they just like have the the name power and the star power to like theoretically compete at the top. But it's just not there. And, like, that, unless Kelly Oubre makes a big jump or Otto Porter does something good or maybe Austin Rivers, like, impacts them in an interesting way. I just don't really see, like, what the huge upside for this team this year would be. Um, it's – they're just kind of there. And, like, shots to Jeff Green. He's really nice. I'm glad he's playing in, in his home city. But other than that, like, I'm just kind of like, eh,
0: yeah, they're, they're
2: fine.
1: See, I have. Uh, I'll get to the Wizards a little bit later because I love the Wizards. They're so dumb and terrible, but God, they're going to be fascinating. So I'm going to save my take on them. Also, I just realized I also didn't rank the Cavs in the one I just shrewdly made. So here, I actually wrote it down this time. So there we go. No more is good. Fifteen Hawks, fourteen Nets, thirteen Magic, twelve Heat, eleven Hornets. Uh, actually reverse those. Twelve Hornets, eleven Heat, ten Cavs, nine Knicks. Eight pistons, seven bulls, six pacers. So that's where I'm at. I talked about all those teams, right? What's your What's your six then? Is that the Wizards?
2: My Wizards would be seven, so okay. I'm on my number six now. Okay,
1: we're back all on right. track. Sorry we're to the listeners for me being a total moron.
2: It's August. We're good. No one's a moron here. We're all just <laughs> trying to survive.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: So my number six would be um, the the Cavs. So let, let's dive deep into this. I'm going to give you three reasons why I think the Cavs are going to be interesting. Number one... They better be
1: good because you selling me on the Cavs being interesting means I have to watch Austin Carr. So, like, you have to bake that into these reasons and hopefully they can overcome Austin Carr.
2: Look, he's a legend. He eats popcorn <laughs> and orange soda before games. Guys Um Seeing what Number one, seeing what Kevin Love can do in a post-LeBron world four years removed from when he was Minnesota Kevin Love... Like, I have no idea, right? Like, I have no idea if he can do that. That to me is like a very fascinating question and sort of what he looks like and the way the NBA has changed in the last four years, what Kevin Love looks like mm-hmm. now is really fascinating to me. Number two, we're going to find out if Ty is a good coach like like i think Ty is a decent coach i think he's a pretty good coach i think he gets ragged on a lot but like this will be a time where he yeah, he will like dictate more of the team than like lebron and he has to like design an offense design a defense and develop guys this is a new challenge for him that we just have no idea how he's going to react to it and i think that's really fascinating
0: mm-hmm.
2: number three Jedi osman's on this team the dude is like super fun he's super easygoing he had the. He, he was kind enough to let LeBron, Kawhi, and KD work out with him recently. Um, just it's a photo out there. I wrote a troll post about it. It's great. He, if he plays like he did on the Turkish national team, this is a guy that's going to push the ball a lot. He's going to throw crazy passes. He's just going to be fun. And I'm excited to see the Cavs like make some mistakes and see what happens. And they just have all these questions about like what they are post LeBron. That like. I don't think a lot of these other teams have questions that are, that are, like, that vital for the future of their franchise. And, yes, I cover this team, um, and that sort of is why I'm maybe more invested in these storylines. Mm-hmm. But I think they're there in a way that they just aren't for other teams. And, like, we have to see if the Cavs can be competent without LeBron, because there's no, like, indication that, that they've ever done that in, like, two decades.
1: I see all your points. I counter with... They still have like Jordan Clarkson and Sam Decker and a bunch of guys who are going to make this team bad. And I think oh, ultimately I, I don't
2: dispute the the Sam Decker, Jordan Clarkson things are are gonna be bad.
1: I Jordan Clarkson, I don't think I've ever seen like I'm a Toronto Raptors fan. I don't think I've ever seen a player shit his pants worse than Jordan Clarkson did. J- Jordan Clarkson did in the playoffs. Like he was so unfathomably bad when he was in that I just I'd never want to watch him play basketball again he was that bad and I just like I get the Kevin Love argument I think that's probably the best point that you made of the three that it's going to be fascinating to see how he fits into an offense as like the focal point after four years of evolution around the league and sort of is he going to work as the same sort of bruising post rebound dude as he was in Minnesota I'm not sure uh, but well, I'm I'm interested to see it and how it's going to sort of work. And I think him and George Hill, like those two together, should be a nice pairing. Other than that, though, like I'm just I'm done watching Jr. Smith. I'm done watching Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Channing Frye and Kyle Korver are nice dudes. They're also very old, and I, I'm sure they'll be traded pretty quickly because those are guys who you know seem like they'll be hot commodities at the trade deadline time or bought out or whatever. Tristan Thompson, I don't know what to want from him anymore. I'm not sure. And maybe that's an interesting thing to see. Is, is Tristan Thompson a real NBA player without LeBron James? And if he's not, then that's a big problem for the Cavs. And, yeah, I, I think just these are all problems and interesting questions, I suppose. And maybe they are more interesting to a fan of the team. And I totally, like, I'm not here to tell anyone how to be a fan or what team should interest you. But to me, I just think all these questions ultimately end up with this team winning 28 games. And I just don't really care about that.
2: That's totally fair. I think that is like a very realistic outcome. I just I think the process there is at least kind of interesting in a way that it might not be for other teams. That's totally fair. That's like my whole that's where like all the value of it derives for me.
1: That's totally fair. Uh, my number five team because I've kind of established that I'm at five instead of seven where I thought I was. Uh, my number five team. I think it's gonna be. It might be the Celtics, just because I think we know they're gonna be awesome, and that's a real bummer and it sucks. And like like there's nothing you can do to escape it. They're just gonna be really, really good. They have talent up and down, their lineups are gonna be kooky and weird, and they're gonna play a lot of small ball, and it's gonna be interesting, and they have a lot of guys who can create their own shot, and Kyrie being healthy, like he was really good last season, as much as I hate to admit it, he was really good. And Gordon Hayward coming back, like, he's such an all-around good player. I don't think he's the superstar people seem to be making him to be, but he's going to fit in really nicely to that, to that team. I think there's a real chance by the end of the year that Jason Tatum be, is, like, the best player on the team and it it's not even really a question. And that is, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how, how to take that is. That might just be preordained at this point. He was so damn good last season that, like, it's hard to not see him becoming the best player on this team in short, in pretty short order. And, you know, they're just they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I just think the overall arc of the team is pretty easy to predict. Like, this team is going to win close to 60 games probably in this depressed East. They're going to be well coached. Brad Stevens is going to get a lot of love and adulation and, you know, think pieces written about how great he is. And, you know, that's cool. I just think we kind of know. Kind of like the heat, just like the reverse heat. I think the heat and Celtics are just like a bad and good version of each other. And, like, we know what they're going to be, I think, already, and it's terrifying, but it's not that sort of compelling as we, you know, are on the eve of the season, I think. What do you think, though?
2: Yeah, I I think that's a pretty fair take on the Celtics. I have them a bit higher, um... Just because I think like there's a lot, I think the Hayward question is really interesting. I want to see like their starting lineup question. I think is interesting. How does Rozier fit into this? How does like you know can Kyrie stay healthy? Though Tatum and, and Brown being kind of interesting young guys, I think has them a little bit higher for me. This the, the this number five spot is actually is where I have Indiana. So if we wanna we've talked about them, I think enough. Mm-hmm. Um, if we wanna go up to four. And this is the so the teams I, I think we had the the top four in terms of who I have left would be Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Philly. Mm-hmm. I would slot in Boston at number four. The the one I feel like very confident that they're at worst the second best team in the East, and I feel like very confident saying that there's a very good chance they're the best team in the East just because like the upside for them is so real. But like I just like I really really want to see like if if bringing back Hayward and like a leap for Tatum and, like, what other adjustments they make is enough to make that offense not atrocious. Because it was, like, not that good last year. It's, like, an underrated thing about that Celtics team last year mm-hmm. was that it was, like, not a good offense. And, like, Kyrie did a lot and it was awesome a lot. But, like, if, if Hayward and Tatum add into that and make his life easier, what does that look like? And what does that do for their ceiling? That That is, like, the most interesting question for me about them because I think a lot of them – like, they, they might have the best chance of, like, maybe making a run at the title. thing. think they meant to run up with have really good cases in that regard, especially if Kawhi is healthy in and, and plays. But Boston, it feels like I feel like we just sort of, like, can project what they're going to be easier as long as Hayward is healthy. But that, that's a big if as well, considering the nature of his injury.
1: Yeah, I think the reason I have the Celtics lower is just because I think their volatility is a lot less. I think they're just going to be predictably good, and it's going to suck, and <laughs> I'm going to hate it. Um, the The ultimate thing, you know, the thing that can make them more interesting to me is if they actually do start chanting "Daddy's Always Happy" at games when Gordon Hayward comes in. That would be cool. <laughs>
2: Could be real weird.
1: Yeah, uh, that'll that'll just beef up the the interest for me there. Um, and and like if they have like a rough start, like it's. They're trying to work in Hayward, and it's not exactly smooth. And they're like eight and six or something. The Boston fans, you know, clamoring for someone to be traded, very quickly are going to just be a big chef's kiss that'll make the end of November, end of October, early part of November just delightful. So here's hoping that happens. But I, I have a feeling they're going to be very, very good, and it's going to be exhausting. And we're going to be hearing about the Celtics all season long. Uh, my number four team. I think it's the the Sixers. Uh, yeah, I'll saw the Sixers here. I think the Sixers again. Like they're gonna be really good. I think they. If I had to bet on an NBA on a team in the East, like finishing in a spot in the East, I think the Sixers in the third seed is probably the one I would bet on. The like the hardest. You know what I mean? Like. It's one to be most confident in. I think Boston-Toronto could either go, you know, could go either way for 1-2. I think Milwaukee, Indiana, Miami are probably all battling it out for 4-5-6. And after that, it's kind of a crapshoot. So I think the Sixers are kind of going to be comfortably in that three-seat. as like a 51-54 to 54 win team kind of thing. And, I, like, we know they're good. I do think there are some concerns, and that's going to be the interesting part of the team is, A, will Ben Simmons stop being a coward and shoot a damn three? Um, There is, you know, the idea of, like, Joel Embiid was really good last season. He's also kind of a weird sort of sticky offensive player at times, and that kind of hurt them a little bit. Particularly in the playoffs, where it was just like, all right, we're going to post up Joel Embiid and he's going to get stopped by Al Horford every time. And that just didn't work. And he can kind of get a little bit one track mindy, I think, offensively at times. And like how he develops as an offensive player going into his, I guess, second full season, third season as like a healthy NBA player to start the year, I think that's going to be really crucial to how they develop. And, you know, I. I wonder exactly how much a month into the season we're going to be thinking, man, they really miss Marco Bellinelli and Ursan Ilyasova, which would be a weird thing to be missing, but they were so critical to that end-of-season run they had last year that I do wonder if just, like, the things that those guys brought, not having those is going to be a bit of a shock to the system for the Sixers and, you know how much of that 16-game winning streak at the end of the year was a product of the schedule and a product of just kind of getting hot at the right time, and maybe they were more of the team that was just kind of floating around 500 a little bit above when they got hot. I I, I don't know how to really handicap that, but like I, I wouldn't be shocked if they had a bit of regression and weren't just that like world-beating, ridiculous defensive team that's also good on offense, um, but like it, it, I'm rambling now. I, I think are, they're they're going to be very good. There are some sort of second tier questions for them, but I would still you know pencil them in as the three seed pretty easily.
2: Yeah, I think that that's pretty fair. I think like Ben Simmons' jumper will be interesting to watch. Um, they would be my number three for sort of the same reasons because mm-hmm. I think. I think like they we sort of just like sort of know what the outline of that team is going to be, um, but the Fultz situation is like to me.
1: I just forgot being, about Fultz.
2: Like, yeah, like he <laughs> drives like he drives them up. Like they, he could make them number one for me. Like mm-hmm. that. Like he's that interesting. But I feel as if when you look at the two teams that I would have ahead of them, like what Giannis could be with Bud and like what Kawhi could do for Toronto like, is more interesting in this season's vacuum, but I feel like this season will also tell us a lot about, like, what Philly has to do in the summer to come. If Fultz is, like, awesome this year, that, like, takes, like, that makes things really interesting for them in terms of, like, what they do next summer and, like, what they might need to look for. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to have no idea. There's, like, no reason to know one way or the other, like, what Fultz is going to be, and that's, like, kind of terrifying and interesting. Um, And and if can Ben and shoot, I have no idea. But I'm... I feel like they're going to be very good and like very fun and like they were really good last year um, and they didn't really change much even though they lost, as you mentioned, some key role guys. Like
1: those two guys were so important to them. I, I, That's like my biggest question is like how important were those dudes actually? And it might be that they were like pretty crucial.
0: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
1: My number three team, I think I'm going to go with the Wizards now. I'll, I'll bite the bullet and put the Wizards here, although I'm so fascinated by this stupid, dumb Wizards team, and I'm so excited to watch them implode. I I think they'll probably make the playoffs, but if they were to completely sell, like self-combust and... By the time it's, like, mid-December, early January, we're talking about, like, oh, are they going to trade Bradley Beal and John Wall and just completely blow it up? Like, I would not be shocked at all because this team is a shit show of, like, weird talent that doesn't make a lot of sense together and, like, they didn't really address their issues and Jeff Green is on the team and Dwight Howard's on the team now and, like, they just have, like, a more childish version of Marcin Gortat who did not fit really well with the team and, like, I can't imagine he's going to be, like... I can't imagine the relationship between Dwight Howard and John Wall is going to be just, like, perfectly fluffy and and amazing. Like, that's going to have some friction to it, I I would think. Jeff Green was good last year, and he was, like, what, the second best player for the Cavs in the conference finals? Like, that's kind of wild, but, um, like, I don't think he's going to work well with this team because he's Jeff Green. They have Austin Rivers now, and I guess he's, like, sneaky good, but... It's just kind of high comedy that he's on the team. And Markeith Morris, like, he was absolutely garbage in the playoffs last season. I just don't think he's particularly good. And I would never have thought that he would be the worst of the Morris brothers, but I think it's, like, pretty obvious that he is now. And I just think this team is just, it's Wall, Beal, Porter, and a whole bunch of question marks. And a lot of those question marks have, like, Flaming firework explosions attached to them if the things go right, and uh, right in my mind is this team blowing up, so that's why I th- said that. But I just like this team is so dysfunctional and dumb, and Ernie Grunfeld's gonna do something stupid probably, and I'll, it add to his job security in the process while he does it. I just ah, uh, I love how dumb this team is, and I can't wait for the season to start for them and for them to be like two and nine, and for like John Wall to be actively calling out. Every single player on the team. It's just, it's going to be beautiful.
2: I think that's a very, like, logical, interesting reasoning. Like, maybe this season is just, like, that John Wall photo, like, come to life. Yeah. Or, like, like, that seems very possible. Um, and that would be pretty bleak. Um, but I like like, some of the people, I, I hope for the people that I like, that, like, like the Wizards, like, am I, like Michael Sykes and Mike Prada and Jake Whitaker, like, I, I hope that things are, like, better for them because uh, I just, they're nice people, but you the, know what? The, the, the Dwight thing is just, like, there's just no way that ends well, right? Like, there's just no way that, like, Dwight Howard is a smashing success.
1: He ruined it with that stupid story he stole he told at his press conference. Like, that, like there's no way you can have a successful, fruitful career with a team when it begins with you in this, like, grade 4-ass, like, just comedy bit that you put together and clearly prepared for this stupid press conference that you completely just flopped on. Oh, God. It's going to be amazing. And uh, to, the, to your point, nice people, I'm sure, the Wizards bloggers of the world. But also screw them because they're the ones who have been for the last, like, four years saying, oh, we swept the raptors, blah, 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 blah. And, like, having that as, like, a source of pride, which is sad but that's a source of pride. But... Um, it, it's uh, it's an old tired act that is no longer funny because the Raptors have gone into better things while the Wizards have certainly not. So um, I hope the Wizards are terrible for everybody's sake.
2: <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I want my, Cavs
1: fans to be happy too, and that's usually when the Wizards are bad. So I'm on the Cavs fan side here too.
2: That's fair. I'm I'm here for like Cavs or Wizards like becoming a rivalry again. And if Kevin Love like ruins a Wizards game with like an outlet pass this year, uh, I would be like very happy with that. So. Let's get to let's get to our top twos. my number two is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, yep. Bud makes them like a fascinating thing. I think Jabar, like, what do they what do they look like without Jabari is sort of interesting. Considering they just like let him go for nothing, you know what? Are, what are they like just having like a, a truly competent coach there? Like, what what does that do for them? And like, can Giannis like make a leap? He, I have not like settled down and made like any crazy predictions for this year yet, but he would be on my MVP shortlist. Mm-hmm. I I do believe. Um, I'm, you know, Delhi. how much, and i all throughout the year, like, one of the things I want to see is just, like, how much avocado toast can Deli eat, because that dude eats avocado <laughs> toast, like, every single day, and I'm, like, very just curious about this, but in all seriousness, like, this, they got Eli Sova, they got a lot of, they got some other interesting guys, like, they've bled so for a full year now, and again, Bud is there, he's a really good coach, he's a much better coach than anything they've had, anything Giannis has had. And Giannis is still only 23 and is just stupid good and should keep getting better. And what kind of leap does he make this year? And, like, where does that put them in the East? That's interesting. And they have Brook Lopez. And Brook Lopez, like, I cannot figure out why the Lakers didn't bring him back. That just right. seemed weird to me.
1: Yeah. I, I, the Bucks are my number two as well because of the Giannis thing and the Bud thing. And also because I, I do think it's not going to be quite as seamless a transition as maybe people think it's going to be because – I think people are kind of underselling what Bud had with that Hawks team that he got so much out of. Like, Paul Millsap and Al Horford were excellent players and, like, had so many different skills, passing, shooting, all these things. You had, you know, Damari Carroll, who was another really smart player. Kyle Korver, a really smart player who could shoot. Uh, Jeff Teague, like, I I would say he's better than what Eric Bledsoe is now, or was better than what Eric Bledsoe is now when he was with the Hawks. Like, he was just, like, a dude who was good at a lot of things, and... This Bucks team, while it has some talent, I'm not sure how many guys they have that are good at like a lot of things who are going to fit into Bud's system where everyone's able to pass, everyone's able to cut, everyone's able to shoot. And I think there's going to be some serious growing pains there. And I just – this remains the problem with the Bucks and has been for the last little while. There's just a lot of dead weight on the roster. Like their center position, yes, Brooke Lopez is nice – he has limitations against certain matchups. He's very Jonas Valanciunasy in that way where, you know, against some matchups, he's just not going to be able to be on the floor and he's going to get played off pretty quickly. And then they're looking at John Henson, who was pretty good last season after a few seasons kind of in the wind. Thon Maker, who I don't know what's gone on with him. He's had only a couple good games in the playoffs, and that's about it for his entire career. And they have the lesser Zeller on their team. And then you look around their guards, and just like Della Vadova and Pat Connaughton and like DJ Wilson is still there, like a really bad first-round pick. At least it seems like it will be a bad first-round pick. And it's just like... I don't think they have a lot of particularly good players that I'm excited about. Same with Bledsoe. Like, I just... I don't care about Eric Bledsoe at this point. He was bad last season. He seemed uninterested. That, like, defensive gaffe he had against the Celtics in the playoffs, just, like, it's it's not... You can't have that and expect to be, like, an upper echelon team. And I think Giannis is amazing. I think he... His lack of shooting kind of... I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he won MVP. I'm with you. I think he's probably, like, top three in terms of favorites. But... I like. I think there are still some limitations to his game that he can't quite lift a team to just like another status within the league just by himself. He needs some help around him and maybe getting rid of Jabari will ultimately be a good thing but I still think he has something to offer them and I'm just not entirely sold on this roster. So I think sort of the conflict between having Giannis, having Bud, who's like a very real coach who is not Jason Kidd or Joe Prunty or whoever the hell was coaching them last year, uh, like sort of fighting against this roster that seems to be almost, like, you know, kind of just, like, it's not very inspiring and actively doesn't really work with a lot of what uh, Bud wants to do. I'm kind of interested to see how it's all going to come together, and I think that's why they're my number two team.
2: Yeah, that, like, just Giannis in its own right, again, is just, like, worth the price of admission. Like, that dude is just a freaking insane human being and an insane athlete. So we both ended up with number one with the Toronto Raptors, Mm -hmm. clearly. It's the one team we haven't talked about yet. For you, um, because I think you'll have something more interesting to say about this, because it's the team you cover. Is it, like, if you're going to rate this as a percentage, how much of this is, is Kawhi? How much is this is, like, Kawhi Leonard being on this team?
1: Yeah, it's probably like sixty percent of it, and then on the other thirty or thirty of it is probably like Nick Nurse, and then you know the rest is just like seeing how the young guys develop. I suppose like there's a lot of really interesting storylines that beyond just like the superficial is Kawhi going to stay thing, which is obviously going to be the story that everyone's talking about all season long, and it's going to be absolutely exhausting. But just the, the intricacies of how this roster is going to work, and how Nick Nurse is going to deploy it, and how he's going to differ in his strategy from what Dwayne Casey was for the last five years, and you know where are the Raptors going to lose on the margins, and where are they going to win on the margins compared to where they Dwayne Casey with Nick Nurse, and you know how are they going to be when it comes to you know kind of abandoning the abandoning the idea of positions, and are they going to sort of embrace small ball? Are they going to embrace playing you know position free lineups? Are they going to have multiple point guards? Lineups out there Are they gonna play a lot of Kyle Lowry and have him be more of a focal point than he was last year. Is Jonas Valanciunas become gonna become more of a focal point of the offense after showing nice signs last year? How's Serge Ibaka gonna fit in here? Is he gonna play center? Is he gonna play four? Are they gonna play Pascal Siakam with like OG and Kawhi in super duper defensive lineups? Where's CJ Miles and Norman Powell fit into this? You know, really th- deep wing core. Like there are just a lot of. Strange And like they're all good problems to have because they're just like a lot of good players on the team and it's probably going to work out no matter what they do. But there's just so many good players and so many so much depth at a lot of spots that how Nick Nurse in his first season manages all this while also managing the big elephant in in the room that is Kawhi Leonard and trying to maintain his happiness and keep him, you know, with an open mind about playing in Toronto. All of it comes together to make a team that like I think is going to be really damn good. But there is still some, like, bottom-out potential here where it could go poorly. And if Kawhi's not healthy, which I think he probably is going to be, it seems. Like, there's good reports coming out right now he was going to play at the U.S. camp before the trade happened. Like, it seems like he's probably, you know, healthy enough to get out there and, and not be hampered by whatever injury he was dealing with. And it's just, like, all of it together, there there's just so many interesting storylines here. And, you know, the fact that this is kind of... A one-year thing and if it doesn't work this season if it doesn't go exactly to like close to the ceiling of what this team is then it could be sort of the beginning of a rebuild Kyle Lowry will be an expiring uh-huh. deal Serge Ibaka will be and Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's is obviously probably going to walk away if this doesn't go well like at the very least they need to win a lot of games and make it deep in the playoffs for them to have a case to keep Kawhi so all of it comes together to make a fascinating team that could go in a whole lot of directions this year.
2: I, I think Kawhi is clearly the number one thing and just like what that changes about their identity. Um, I want to see how Lowry sort of adjusts to this environment considering like one of his you – know, the guy he was very clearly tight with it is now got traded as a result of this. Nick Nurse is like the thing I think that maybe fascinated to me the most because like he's very well regarded from everything I've ever read or heard about him. He is this like seems like a guy that is gonna do some things very differently than Dwayne and like that's really interesting. And I just like wanna see like what not like doing going for Bud or going for some other coach out there and going with a guy that you know internally that is still gonna do things differently, what that looks like. And like I just like enjoy a team going for it, right? Like this, like they clearly could end up in in a year from now, and they could have a lot. You know, Danny Green's on this team, you and he's gonna be a fridge, and Kawhi could be a fridge, and those guys could walk, and they could be facing, you know, having Van Fleet's money in the books and all these other things, and just kind of being in the middle. But like I really appreciate a team going for it at a t- at a time when you could be like, oh, okay, the Celtics are clearly gonna be really good. Like that, maybe we need to push this down the road a little bit. They're really going for it. You go and got Kawhi. You did the unexpected thing. And, like, that's really awesome. Like, I am very in on just seeing how that turns out. Um, and there's just more pressure on that situation, I think, than, than any of the other top teams out there. You look at mm-hmm. Philly. They have their long-term security as long as Embiid is healthy. Boston has pretty much everyone locked in right now. They have tough decisions coming, but not about their top guys unless Kyrie does leave, and that seems possible. What Toronto does this year and how the process goes and how that all works out. Just there's nothing that is more pressureful and more impactful. Uh, considering when, hot, when Kawhi is healthy, it's a top five player.
1: Also, there's- the sort of the ramifications of keeping Kawhi. Like if they do manage to pull this off, they bet on themselves. They bring in Kawhi and it works, and they convince him after a season like this is where you want to be, and he signs. Like the impact of like being able to lock in a top five player. Long term is so profound and can just lead to so many other things. I mean, there's like no secret that. They're very much eyeing Giannis in 2021, and if you have Kawhi on your team, that reality becomes that much more possible and that much more of a you know a likelihood. If if it gets to a couple of years from now and and you know you still have Kawhi on your team and you're looking at this team like man, they have a lot of good young players. They have Kawhi. Maybe they've got another guy to come in the in the intervening time. Maybe that's a thing where you pull off a coup and you can form a super team out of just getting a guy on your team. That's why I was always so down for the Kawhi trade to begin with because getting one superstar on your team is kind of what portends getting other superstars to come to your team it doesn't just happen like you just have like if you can get a dude on your team who's that good you do it regardless of the circumstances and they did it and they didn't give up you know, in my mind, some of the stuff that I probably would have asked for if I was a Spurs between Pascal Siakam and Ogian and Ananobi. So you pair those guys with Kawhi as well, they can grow together. I think Pascal's improvement is going to be another subtle, interesting storyline this season. I think he's going to be, um, you know, kind of a dark horse, you know, most improved player candidate. He was excellent last season, and if he can just like even sort of improve his three point shooting. That dude has just so much upside. It's it's insane. And like he's an incredible defender and can handle the ball and the fast break and stuff like that. So there's just a lot at at play here. And again, like the interest kind of doesn't just belong to this season. It kind of goes beyond this year and extends into 2019, 2020, 2021, where sort of the, the domin- this could be the first domino of many for a team that has been talking for years about wanting to get a player of Kawhi's caliber and becoming sort of a, a top-tier destination, a top-tier team in the league, and this like could very much be just like the first step in if they can make Kawhi stick around. And I, and I am not convinced at all that it's a foregone conclusion that he's leaving at the end of the season. I think there's like a very real chance he ends up staying, because I would not bet against Masai Ujiri and this really could end up being one of the best situations for him to, to stay in the entire league.
2: I think that's very reasonable, and like that means the East is even more stacked at the top. Yeah. Um, so Toronto number one of both of us. I did. I actually thought you were going to have a number one. I I thought I might have Boston higher. That was sort of the one surprise for me in this exercise. Mm. Was me bumming them down a little bit, but um, I, I feel like I sort of understand them. Was there was there any like team, Sean? We'll wrap it up on this. That like you are surprised about where they ended up on my list. I for me, Washington being so high, like was a bit surprising for me. But like I also very much understand it when you describe it.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't have the Wizards higher. To be honest, um, I, I think they are uh, just super duper interesting. And I like for all the wrong reasons. Like they're not for the reasons that the Raptors or the Bucks or the Sixters or the Celtics are interesting. Just because they're interesting as like a potential tire fire. Um, but no, I think you're pretty much set. Maybe the Cavs being at six, but again, like you cover the team, so that's totally understandable and justifiable. Um, no, no, your your list is uh, is hot take free. I would say.
2: Well, I got we got. I got to get a take off. Let's get a Let's get a hot take off. Okay. Um, Whew, um, looking at the, the teams in this on this list, um I'm gonna go ahead and look at the teams that made the playoffs last year. So Toronto, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, Indiana, Miami, Milwaukee, Washington. hmm I think I, I personally do think the Cavs are probably gonna miss out. Mm-hmm. I think I think the team that is like on that list, the second most likely to like have everything just go completely wrong and bot and miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the Wizards.
1: No, oh, I I don't think that's I, I would also agree. That's not hot at all. That's the super. That's why they're my most interesting team or third most interesting team is because there's a lot of potential for them to totally poop the bed.
2: The East is just like kind of like frustrating to me because I, then I like scroll down this like list of teams and I look at the West and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Like, you remember that, like, the Lakers got LeBron and, like, they were the 10th, the the 11th best team in the conference last year.
1: Yeah, the Wizards, other than the Lakers, are the team I'm rooting for most to totally self-implode because I think it would be funny. Um, Oh,
2: I... Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean I love LeBron and I would like to see LeBron do nice things, but I don't think he's winning a title this season with that crap roster around him. So, why not have them miss Michael the Beasley, playoffs?
2: Or like his like co-stars. Is that just like that just is very hard for me to wrap my mind around.
1: Yeah, and also like the trash people also that are also on the roster that I don't we don't need to mention. Um, <laughs> God, let's stop talking about a certain player who rhymes with who rhymes with dance. He's terrible. Yes. Um Are we yeah. done? Yeah, we've gone very long. I think long. we
2: are. I yeah. think we've, we've, we've done that. We've talked a lot. Um, Sean, what are you going to do the rest of the summer? Like, what, what is on your to-do list before you get too busy to have a life?
1: Uh, probably not a whole lot. Play some basketball. My softball season ended yesterday, so I'm kind of sad about that. Um, but no, I've got some work stuff to keep me busy, I suppose. I actually have a new radio show that's going to be coming out in the next month or so on TSN 1115 Hamilton it's going to be a basketball show it's not officially named yet nor is there an actual time slot yet but it's going to happen very soon so stay tuned for that um, and uh, yeah there'll be other stuff I'm sure the, the The podcast we'll keep the podcast rolling probably get to daily sort of like looking season previewy stuff in the next couple weeks so that's, uh, that's what I got going on that front you can follow me on Twitter of course at Woodley Sean Chris where can people find you
2: you can find me on Twitter at CWMWrites. I'm gonna be spending all my time reading, so if you go on my Twitter page and you just see like random like like screen caps from uh, the a Song of Ice and Fire or like a soccer book, you've been warned. <laughs> George R. R. Martin, not subtle about things. No, you, you, you come to realize
1: not subtle about uh, not having any goddamn pages written on the, on the latest book. That's that's yeah, I'm sure.
2: As, as a non-book reader, up until uh, this, until like this summer, um, you know, was kind of just like, yeah, I, I, you know, I went to winter, whatever. And now I'm just like George, like, come on, my guy, like, <laughs> release, release the book, <laughs> like, don't die before you do this. Don't don't leave me hanging like this, my dude. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, we will not die before we release this podcast. I believe we're both releasing this in a two-parter, yeah. so people will have heard this as the second part of a podcast. Um, yeah. I don't know why I said we're releasing this as a two-parter at the end of the podcast, but hey, we're out of practice. It's August, so.
2: Thanks to everyone who made it to the end. That's the real. That's the real.
1: You guys. Are Congratulations, real. really. Um, you, you've done us a service. We very much appreciate yeah. it. The finishing percentage is something, I guess. I don't know. That that's a thing in podcasting, right? People who finish I don't know. the podcast. Who knows whatever um chris man this was fun we will talk again uh yeah next time the Cavs are good in 2038
2: hey the colin sexton statue will be up by then it'll be all there <laughs> the jetty the jetty sexton statue combo is going to be lit <laughs> all
1: right man talk to you soon cheers
0: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music